Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Joe Von Offren, always joining me every Sunday. This guy literally does not take a day off from anything. Is CSNNorthwest.com's college basketball insider, Greg Crawford. Hey, Joe Von, good evening. And uh, you don't take a day, day off either. Our 17th show, can you believe it? We've gone 17 weeks, never even had an argument or a crossword, and we're still speaking to each other. So that's pretty good And <laughs> uh We've got another great guest tonight. We just keep rolling out the great guest, Michael Herman, the Associate Athletic Director at Seattle University. And what a history that school has in college basketball and beyond. So it's going to be really exciting to talk to him. Definitely will be. And I think we have him on the line right now. So joining us online right now on the East-West Hoop Soup is Associate A.D., of Seattle University, Michael Herman, on the line with us. Well, you can tell we're officially Division One now. We get a chance to be on, on your show, and we really appreciate the chance tonight. Uh, it's great uh, to work at Seattle University and be in a position where our, our program has, has finally made that transition back to Division One, and the history can now return as we're eligible for the Division One championship once again. Michael, it's a pleasure to have us on tonight. This is Greg, and I do this every Sunday night with Jovan at just a polite, outstanding young man that's going to be a big star in the media someday. I just hope he still speaks to me. But I always ask everybody that comes on from a school, uh, maybe give us a little 90-second uh, commercial about Seattle University because uh, as good as you are in athletics, you're certainly not a slouch out academically. Oh, no, it's a, it's an outstanding academic institution. You're exactly right, Craig. Uh, 7,500 students, uh, you know, about uh, a little over 4,000 undergrads, about 3,000 grad students. Uh, there's a law school at Seattle U, at, which is about 1,000 of the grad students, but strong programs, an excellent uh, school of business and, and economics. The Albert School of Business is terrific, and uh, strong arts and sciences program as well, uh, particularly psychology, communication, lots of great majors in arts and sciences. But a really a well-rounded school. We have a, we have a school of nursing, a, a college of education. Uh, really play a great role in the Seattle community. Coming up on the on the 150th anniversary of the institution, just a few years away. But but uh, you're right. Seattle University plays plays a great role in this community. And speaking of Seattle, uh, and we're speaking with Michael Herman, the associate athletic director at Seattle University, with a great basketball tradition but maybe even a better academic tradition, and he just explained why. But speaking of being in Seattle, uh, it's one of the most beautiful cities in all the world. It's the 14th largest TV market. That's got to mean something. Well, it is. I think it's great for recruiting. I mean, A, there's a lot of great athletes here, 
and a lot of great students that uh, that are attracted to Seattle University, but B, uh, the chance to showcase our university and our athletic program uh, around the region and throughout the country is terrific, and it gives us a great a great edge and a great opportunity. No, being in Seattle is, is, is great, and, and our institution is truly an, an urban campus. You know, we're uh, kind of between uh, 10th and, and 14th Avenue. Uh, you know, it's an, uh, it, it might be a long walk, but you can walk right downtown, and it's uh, – uh, yeah, it's it's a terrific location and, and a great place to recruit to. A great great place to live. I've enjoyed living here. I've been here now two and a half years, and it's uh, it's been terrific. And my mother lived on Queen Anne Hill and took night classes at Seattle University, so it always has a special place in my heart. Jovan, go ahead. All right. Uh, let's talk about Seattle University and athletics. Now, I wanted to ask you, Mike, uh, talk about. Seattle Athletics and how it's just trans how it's just transformed and back into Division One. Well, you know, it, it is a school as Greg mentioned that has a great tradition. You know, if you go back to the fifties and sixties, you know, Seattle University actually was one of the best basketball programs in the country. In fact, if you roll out your NSA record book and look at the basketball programs in the decade of the fifties, well, the top three programs in the country that, that in that decade, number one, Kentucky, Adolph Rupp, uh, great program. Number two was North Carolina State, and number three was Seattle University. You know, it had some great runs with the O'Brien Twins in the in the 50s, uh, early part of the 50s and then back uh, to the national championship game in 1958 when Elgin Baylor was at at uh, at uh, Seattle. So really a great uh, a great run for the university and just as strong in the 60s. Uh you know, great program that if you uh, rent the movie Glory Road, you'll see uh you know Seattle U was the team that uh, that knocked off that Texas Western squad when they came to town at the end of the season and we're number one in the country, so uh, you know a great a great history in the '60s as well. Um, the program uh, left Division One in after the 1979-80 season, so it's been it's been 33 years since uh, the the uh, basketball team from this school has been eligible for the NSA championship. So it's been a you know a long road back. It's been a lot of those years at the NAI level, uh, shifted up to Division Two for a number of years, and uh, and now we've been in this transition the last four years, really five years transitioning back to the Division One level where you're kind of in no man's land, can't play in the Division Two championship, can't are not eligible yet for the Division One championship. And now finally this year, uh, you know, all twenty of our teams, the student athletes from all twenty sports are are eligible for Division One championships. And so that's a great feeling. And we are back with the East West Hoop Soup and we're talking to Associate Athletic Director Michael Herman of Seattle University. Uh, Mike, talk about the big move for the for the university and the athletic department to become part of a conference, the, uh, in especially the WAC conference. Well, that certainly was a key step to become a member of a conference, and we were fortunate that the the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, which has a you know a national profile, uh, there was a spot for us there, and we were able to get into the WAC and. and that's, I think, one of the things that has our, our coaches and our student-athletes and our fans as excited as they are because it's a great chance uh, to play, to get onto the NSA tournament. You know, you have the automatic bid that's, that's that carrot for you at the end of the basketball season, and that has not been there for, for really any of our teams the, the past few years. And so, you know, that's that's a great opportunity, and so it gets gets us out. Uh, you know, the, the WAC uh, also will take us into a lot of new places. You know, three schools in Texas this year going down to play Louisiana Tech, uh, as well in that direction, and then you know down to San Jose State and Denver, um, you know Utah State, New Mexico State. So it's, you know we're going to get out to a lot of new places to play basketball, and and really with all of our athletic teams. So it's it's terrific to be to be part of that league. It's going through a lot of change. I mean you know a lot of schools are um, 
you know, it's a changing environment out there right now, no question about it. And, and six of those schools have announced intentions to go somewhere else the next year. So the conference is, is undergoing a metamorphosis, as it has so many times, you know, going back to when, you know, Arizona and Arizona State were in that league and then left at some point to join what was then the, the Pac-8. And then Boise State had a national reputation that earned its reputation in that league, and now they're off, you know, they're off to other places as well. Um, but but the, the WAC, you know, continues to reinvent itself and, you know, this week they announced uh, that Utah Valley and Cal State Bakersfield will, will join the league a year from now, and so now we're back to six schools set for a year from now, and, you know, I expect that growth and, uh, to continue as well. We're speaking with Michael Herman, the Associate Athletic Director at uh, Seattle University in Seattle, Washington, a great spot, a great school, and we're uh, thrilled to have him on tonight. Uh, Michael, talk a little bit about, uh, your home arena, and, and a lot of people talk about arenas because they see them on TV. I've been in the arena, so I can tell you it's one of the best in college basketball, and it doesn't hurt that it's the court is named after uh, one of the 50 greatest players of all time, Elgin Baylor. <laughs> You're right on both counts, uh, Greg. You're right. Uh, it's you know I think Key Arena provides a great uh, a great venue for us. Uh, really is again something that kind of distinguishes our program uh, to be able to play in a facility that's an an NBA level facility with the video board, the Arena Vision with the 360 LED with a, with an arena really built for basketball. I mean the seats in that building, uh, there, there's not a bad seat in there. I was at a Seattle Storm game uh, a few weeks back and sat what we would consider our our least expensive seats um, along the baseline. And uh, you know, it was up 20 rows along the baseline, and it was a great view of the action. So it's it's it truly is a building that has that has great seats. And you know, we play with the curtain down often, which is what uh, what the storm does as well. So it's about an 8,000 seat venue with a curtain down. And when we have a big game like we're going to play Washington at home on December 13th, well, we'll we'll pull the curtain up and and play in a bigger house. Uh, two years ago at our building, there was about 12,000 in, in in the key arena, and I expect uh, you know a similar crowd, if not bigger. Those games have gotten uh, closer and closer and better and better every year that we've played. So I think we'll have another great game on December 13th and, and a lively crowd to enjoy that game as well. So, but, no, Key Arena is a great place. That, and being able, able to have your uh, court named after someone like Elgin Baylor is terrific. And he continues to be close with the program. He's coming back uh, for our opening game. We play Montana State on a, on a Sunday night uh, at 6 o'clock on November the 11th, and uh, we have designated that the Elgin Baylor Classic. It's just a, a one-game deal, but it, it's going to be the Elgin Baylor Classic. We'll, we'll select an MVP, and Elgin will be there to hand it off. And what an honor and a, and a thrill it should be for that young man uh, that wins that award to get uh, to get a trophy handed to him by uh, by Elgin Baylor. I'm never ashamed to admit that one of my uh, closest friends, very close friends, is John Spolstra. Of course, his son coaches the Miami Heat. I'm very proud of both of them. Uh, but he's a marketing guru, as you know, Michael. And and I've prescribed to a lot of his theories. What have you done to market uh, the school athletically? Uh, you're in a market where it's very competitive with all the pro teams, all the way down to soccer except basketball. Have you been able to take advantage of that at the college level? I think we have. You know, I think that uh, that we have been able to because this is a market that that misses the sport of basketball. You know, it's a market that has uh, a proven history with basketball, with the support of the Sonics, and so we've kind of been working to fill that void, uh, at least you know, as 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 things stand now. And that's been definitely to our advantage. And and like you, I am a 
a firm believer in, in John Spolstra and his his thoughts and you know uh, you know I've read his books of uh, you know how to uh, how to sell the last seat in the house and you know that's something that's helped to guide me as a marketer uh, of college sports for for probably the last uh, geez 15 or plus years going back to my time at Xavier which was you know three or four stops ago so uh, he, he's I've I've followed John Spolstra closely and and he certainly has some wise thoughts and we we try to follow many of those in terms of really making our big games bigger and, and really putting our, our best foot forward with those big games, making sure that, that everything on that night from the halftime entertainment to, uh, to really the groups that are in the house to whatever theme we have going, really trying to tie everything together and, and, and making those big games better. And, and that's what will continue to bring fans back is when they come to the arena and they have, they have a great experience, not just the, the basketball game. That's certainly going to be a great experience, but all the other uh, accoutrements that go along with it as well. Go on, go ahead. All right. Uh, how do you feel you? How do you feel you guys will do in terms of the men basketball in the WAC conference this year and years down the road? Well, you know that's a good question. I think um, this year it's going to be really difficult to get a a read on things going into the year. You know, it's a it's a funny league with uh, ten teams. You know, five of the teams were in the the WAC a year ago, so they'll have some familiarity with each other and some history, and then. And, you know, and then there's five new teams, three from the Southland Conference, Denver from the Sun Belt, and, and Seattle U from the World of Independence. So, you know, it, you're, it's going to be a lot of people playing a lot of new teams for the first time, and it'll be interesting to see kind of even the, the preseason poll. I'll be interested to see how people, you know, pick different teams and where they might finish. But there are a number of teams in that league that I, were, I was really impressed by last year and probably some things that people that – or some teams that might have been off the radar a little bit, uh, at least nationally. You know, Texas Arlington is a good example. Now, they came here in postseason play and played uh, the University of Washington. But, you know, they were 24-9 and a year ago. They were 15-1 and in the Southland Conference. You know, they lost in their tournament, so they did not get into the NCAAs. But they had an outstanding year. They opened a new building. I think that program is really on the rise. So I think they're going to be a strong team to contend with this year. Uh, you know, Denver won 22 games last year. They had a great start to the year. Uh, beat teams like St. Mary's and Utah State and, and, and Portland State. They beat Western Kentucky early, and that team, as you know, had a great run at the end and knocked them out of the tournament. Um, so I think they're going to be they're going to be tough as well. New Mexico State won the won the conference championship last year, won 26 games, and went on to the NCAA's. And I, I expect them to be the preseason number one in the league. And, and Utah State's, you know, they've they've had the um, the top of the of the hill, if you will, in in the in the WAC for a long time. A, uh, a regular 20-game winner. They won 20 a year ago as well, so I think they'll be strong. Uh, Idaho, I think that's a rising program. Uh, they won, went on to postseason play last year, so I, I, I think it's really going to be a competitive league. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's, a, it's a weird situation with these schools kind of coming together for this one year together, and then two were leaving for the Sun Belt, and two were leaving for Conference USA, and two were leaving for uh, for the Mountain West, and and four are staying in this league. So it's kind of a, this kind of this one-year window, and uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of fun to see how, how things shake out. It definitely should be to see how everything transforms. And one thing that caught my eye with your, with your school and with your program is that y'all will now be broadcasted on 770 KTTH and on Root Sports for television. Talk about that. Well, certainly your media partners are, are important, and Bonneville, who is the – uh, group in town that owns not only 770 but also 710 ESPN has been a good partner for us and 
you know, they'll continue to support us on both stations. But being on 770 is going to be great because all our games can be on live. And when you're playing in the central time zone like we are and the mountain time zone, you know, being able to have those games on live is, is important as opposed to, you know, not being able to start your broadcast till 7. So that's going to be good. It's going to allow us to get our coaches show on the full season. We're going to start with it before, you know, have the first broadcast before the season starts. So I think that'll be, uh, that'll be helpful to us as well. Uh, so though no, that partnership's important, and Root Sports has uh, stepped up this year in their partnership. They're they're going to broadcast eight games. They broadcast three a year ago. So I think that signals kind of the interest in the program and what's going on, and and really gives us a a two hour opportunity eight times during the basketball season to deliver our message, you know, throughout all of the all of the states that Root Sports serves. And in many cases, it'll not just be the Northwest area that'll be carrying it, but they'll, they'll carrying it with their Mountain Group as well. So that's uh, that's very positive. So those are those are two terrific partners. Yes, thanks for mentioning them, Javon. You know, I think that uh, one thing that uh, even though the dynamic of the league is definitely going to change, uh, the WAC has traditionally had a really strong basketball conference. And in a in a personal note, uh, Michael, um, I was thrilled that Cal State University Bakersfield is coming in. Because Coach Barnes is a personal friend of mine and a tremendous person and a great basketball coach, so I think there's going to be a real rivalry there. And uh, uh, Southern Utah Valley, or, or I get the name mixed up. I'm Utah old. Valley, yeah. <laughs> Utah, yeah. Sorry about that. I get mixed up with the Big Sky. Uh, right. Anyway, those are two really schools that are I consider kind of sleepers. So I don't think the conference is going to miss that match. No, I would agree with you 100%. I mean, Utah Valley is a, a school that's just growing and growing, and their athletic program has really done a great job in their transition to Division One. We've played them every year, home and away, so we've got to see their uh, basketball program up close, and that's a great game, and I think that will become a very good rivalry. Um, and you're right about Bakersfield. I'm so glad for them that they're that they're in what helps, helps our league, but I also feel, as you do, good for them because uh, independent status is just not uh, not helpful when you're in a league and you have that postseason tournament, you know, from a coaching standpoint, from a student athlete standpoint, from a fan standpoint, that just changes the dynamic of everything. Now you're you're working towards March and you're trying to get your team uh, better every day for a real purpose. And if you can if you can pull it off, if your team can can pull it off those three days in March, well, you're you're on to the big show. And that's you know that's something that that dreams are made of. So uh, certainly that's that's exciting for our program. You know, I want to clear one thing up. I imagine you get tired of hearing about it, but I, I've been on the bandwagon here on this. I'm probably never going to quit because I have so many friends that went to Seattle University. But not being admitted into the West Coast Conference uh, still burns me. You don't have to comment on it. But one thing I do want to clear up is all this garbage I hear from University of Portland fans, not administration, and Gonzaga fans, not administration that I'm surrounded with, is that, well, we couldn't take them in because of their academics. I remind them all the time about, do they have uh, uh, all the programs that you have and everything? And, and that is a total myth. I'm sure you would agree. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's not an academic issue. And, and uh, certainly that is, uh, I mean, that league has done great things. I mean, you, you Certainly, if you, you have to admire the success that they've had, and uh, you know their programs as a group have have really done well, not just in basketball but in a variety of sports. And 
And you're right, there's a great philosophical similarity between those institutions and, and Seattle U. There is a, there is a great academic fit in, 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 in uh, quite the opposite of what you were saying there, exactly. But, uh, yeah, you know, who knows what will happen down the road. But, uh, yes, those are, those are programs that we, we admire, and we, we actually you know, we want to play, whether they're in our league or not. Uh, you know, those are programs that we would like to, uh, to compete against in, in as many sports as possible. There isn't any question in my mind that Seattle is going to get a professional basketball team in the next two, three, four years. Uh, it's probably going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I know other people think it's Sacramento, but it's probably going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. They're the most likely and the easiest to move there. Will that help you or hurt you with a professional basketball team in Seattle? I think it'll be a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think in some regards it'll help us. Uh, I think from a recruiting standpoint, particularly if we're in a situation where we're in the same facility, uh, and, and again, there's some, some hurdles down the road about how that's going to shake out yet, but if, if that's the case, I think that certainly from a recruiting standpoint that helps you. It, it really labels your community as more of a basketball town, and that's, that's important, and there's value in that. Uh, there is more, that will create more competition, I mean, and, and you mentioned earlier that this is a, a market that has a lot of competition in it already. So that's, you know, that just means that we're going to have to be on top of our game. We're going to have to, uh, uh, our program is going to need to be successful, and, and we're going to, uh, both on the court and, and from a marketing standpoint, for us to compete against uh, uh, or with a professional sports team and a professional basketball team in town. So that's that's all right. I think the timing is good. You know, we have a few years here to kind of get our our feet under us as we make this transition to Division One, and and uh, when that team comes to town, you know we we expect to be a good partner uh, and a good complement to to that team. Jovan, go ahead. All right, last question, Coach. Talk. About, I mean, not Coach. I mean, Mike. Um, I'm not smart enough to be Coach. Yeah, <laughs> you could. You could. Looking at your resume. I, I be a coach. I wouldn't put it past you. Uh, what will be a successful season for the Red Hawks men's basketball program? Well, I think every you know everyone here. Where, you know, October fifteenth is tomorrow, and that's the that was the old traditional start of, of college basketball practice. They changed the NCAA rules a little bit and let the coaches move up uh, with the weekend. But you know, everybody this time of year is looking for for postseason play. I mean, you want it. You that's that's your goal. And uh, you know, that's that's our goal as well. I mean, we want to get we want this program to move forward. We have. We have five seniors on this team. We have two other uh, redshirt juniors that are in their fourth year of college basketball. We have a lot of great veteran leadership on this team that, that uh, you know, I think will step up to the challenge. And they've got a great non-conference schedule, you know, Stanford and Virginia, Washington, uh, all non-conference games to, to test them early. And then they'll get into the league and, and, you know, you get a chance to see everybody twice and, and we'll see what happens. You know, the one thing I'll say about Cameron Dollar, you look at his, his – uh, track record he's done a great job getting his teams better and better as the year goes on so you know i expect this team to be playing its best basketball when the calendar turns to march and then we'll see what happens we'll, we'll, we'll put it on the line and we'll be in vegas for the conference championship and i guess that's where you're, you're, you're accustomed to putting things on the line and we'll uh, we'll see what happens it, it should be a lot of fun and uh, i know our fans are going to enjoy it i know the community is going to enjoy it and uh, it's just uh, hopefully the college basketball community enjoys it as well it's seattle u is back among those Division One institutions. Michael, I've got a final question for you, then I'll take it back to Jovan to close out the program. But I wanted to ask you, I wrote, I wrote this past week about I feel like uh, college basketball has some really major issues to address. 
uh, and and one of them is uh, for the fifth straight year last year attendance dropped not as dramatically as it done the previous four years, but it did drop. And, and I feel like personally um, uh, the rules of college basketball really need to change, especially the timeouts. There's too many timeouts. It's overcoached. Uh, and everything, and and some other things like I suggest, bring back pregame dunking. I don't mean to get on a rant here, but do you have any thoughts? You're, you're a great marketer, and you want the game to succeed, and you've got a big challenge there with the Red Ox. Any thoughts on that? Well, I, I agree with uh, one of your points in particular. I think that uh, that we should leave the game a little more in the hands of the student athletes. The coaches do a great job, you know, preparing them. Uh, to get out on the court and 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 get their job done and you know react to crisis situations and and I I like like you I like the idea of a little more flow at the end of the game and and let things happen and and uh, not quite as many timeouts with the coaches so I, I agree with that I, I think the other part for me that that's important with the game and we got to keep our our fingers as as college administrators on the pulse of this is we're losing regional rivalries you know those regional rivalries that that really make the game that draw fan interest that get people out in big numbers, those are the kinds of things that are kind of slipping away as conferences are becoming bigger and bigger and, and people are losing track of those those rivalries that have made the game what it is today. And so I think it's critical for us as, as administrators to really uh, enhance those rivalries, to really keep those in place, uh, you know, to work with coaches to schedule those kind of games and, and, and make it very attractive for the fans to come out. Because like you, I'm, I'm concerned about the trend. In fact, uh, I sent a note out to my staff when I when I read that in your column this week and said, look, we've got to we've got to buck the national trend. We've got to, we've got to hear at, at Seattle U. We want to move that needle the other way, so we don't want to just even stay even in attendance. We want to we want to make it more and more positive and move it move it above the threshold. And so uh, it it is it, it's a challenge for all of us, but I think it's something we really got to pay attention to. I know Jovan's got some closing comments. I'm going to say good night to both of you uh, and. Uh, uh, thanks again for being on with us. You were just great, and will you come back and join us in January, February? A little. Hey, it would be my pleasure. I, I, it's, it's an honor to be here tonight. You guys uh, talking college basketball, I love it, and I'd, I'd be honored to be back anytime. Okay, terrific. And Jovan, uh, close us out tonight with uh, um, Michael Herman, the uh, associate athletic director at Seattle University, and uh, they're in good hands with him. They're in the program and the administration, and also uh, Mr. Hogan, the athletic director, who's a terrific administrator. Uh, Jovan, take it away. All right. Thanks, for everybody, for listening to another edition of the East-West Hoop Soup. I would, again, like to thank the associate director, assistant director of Seattle University, Michael Herman, joining us tonight. It has just been a great and fantastic show. Throughout, and he's and I see big things coming up for the Seattle program. As he said, there's going to be this basketball team is going to be phenomenal, and it's it just going to just going to be be good things here. I think we still have him on the line for one more question. Go ahead, Michael. How would you feel if you're if this program made it to at least a, a NIT berth? Well, I think again, postseason was great. It's been so long since Seattle U has been in Division One postseason, and that's. That's definitely a goal of ours. I, I think that that would be that would be terrific. If we're if we're playing in, in postseason, we're past the WAC tournament and still uh, get a chance to roll the basketballs out there, get our teams on the floor, and and uh, do it up, do it one more time for our for our fans, uh, or or more than one more time. That that would be wonderful. You know, our women's basketball team hosted a little postseason tournament this past year. 
uh, and they, they were able to host, and, and that's what the NIT offers as well, a chance maybe to play a game at home, and that would be a treat for our fans also. Yeah, I definitely agree, because me, coming from LaSalle, getting the experience postseason play, it, it was it was great to see. Even if it wasn't an NCAA berth from where you want to be at, an NIT berth, it's still something great because you still get that national television exposure. Now, there's something special about basketball in March. No question about it, Javon. It really is, and we would like, and I would like me, I would like to thank you for having me, Greg, for again coming on this show. We really want to have you back on to see how this team is progressing because we're going to follow along just as you to see how this, how far Seattle can go this season. I look forward to it. All right, thanks again, Associate Athletic Director Michael Herman for joining us on the line here on Blog Talk Radio. And that should end out our show to this Sunday, everybody. I would like to thank Greg Crawford again, Michael Herman joining us again, and Seattle University, if you're out there listening right now to it. Thanks again for everybody listening. Be back here next Sunday as well, as we will have more college basketball hoops terminology and talk from pro to college basketball. Basketball preseason is just as underway. Preseason basketball is underway and also college basketball midnight madness and everything in college basketball is starting to heat up with preseason rankings, schedules, television, everything is starting off and recruiting as well. So this is me, Jovan Alfred, on the East-West Hoop Soup on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good night and be safe.